Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Good morning, Passion. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen, guys. So good to see you. Glad to have you here today to all of our first-time guests we would like to say welcome, and I hope I'm speaking this into existence, welcome home. Before I get into my sermon today, I do want to share with you this. We start a new sermon series today called Encounters. Encounters. But it's not just a sermon series. This month, we've got a lot that we're going to be doing expecting to encounter the presence of of God. Do you believe that today? We're believing that through this sermon series, we're going to encounter the presence of God. A few things I'll share with you. One is there's a prayer wall outside. And this is what we want you to do. For this month, we want you to write down some prayer requests, whatever needs you have in your life, spiritual, physical, financial, relational, whatever it is. We want you to write down that prayer request. We want you to take it to that wall. We want you to pin it to that wall. And let me say this. I want you to pin it to that wall believing, trusting, having faith that God is going to meet that need. Knowing that this staff and this team, that we will be praying with you guys over those prayer requests. But I also want you to do me a favor. When that need gets met, when God answers that prayer request, I want you to bring it to me. And so Pastor John, I prayed for my, my husband to get saved, and this week he gave his heart and life to Christ. Pastor John, I, I prayed for my, my child this week to be healed, and in the name of Jesus Christ, I want you to know today that child is healed that whatever that prayer request is that you've pinned to that wall, make me a promise that once that need is met, that you'll bring it to me. And I want to share it with this congregation that it will begin to build our faith that God is a miracle-working God, that God does what he says he will do. Amen. Here's the second thing is we'll be having on the 18th a praise and prayer night. A praise and prayer night on the 18th. It's a, it's a Friday night. And we're going to come up to the church, and we're just going to spend time in the presence of God, not a sermon. It's just going to be prayer and praise. And we're just going to begin to seek that night God's will, God's purpose for this house, for your life. We're going to pray for then on the 20th. We're having what we call Encounter Sunday. It'll be different than any service you've probably ever had. We're going to come in, and I'm telling you, it's going to be about us getting into the presence of God and believing that day for miracles to be done, signs and wonders to happen, and God to begin to reveal himself. So we want you to put that on your calendar. There's three things. Make sure you put it down, our prayer wall. Fill out our prayer request today, put it on the wall. Two, our prayer night on the 18th, and three, our encounter. Here's one last thing before I get to my sermon. As my wife said, isn't she beautiful? Amen. And she, she hates when I do that. In two weeks, we're starting a prayer team. And, and during that, that song, Laura will come up, and after she comes up, as the last song is being sung, the prayer team will come down. 
I want you to hear me when I say this. I believe in the power of prayer. The Bible says where two or three agree touching anything. The prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. And we're going to have a prayer team down here in that last song. If you feel called to be an intercessor, called to be on the prayer team, then today, as Laurie said, go and meet with Andrew Ham after service. Let him know. He'll like to put you down, and we'd like to get you on the schedule to come and to be a part of that prayer team. Amen. Amen. I just got back. I've been in Georgia. I had a meeting down there. On my way back, as I was in the airport in Atlanta, I'm on the phone with a pastor. He's going through some things, and I'm talking to him. And in fact, in the middle of the airport, I, I kind of turned toward the window, and I began to pray for him. He was needing something. About that time, I turned back around, and when I did, I, I saw this lady walking through the middle of the airport. And I thought, I recognize her. Where do I know her from? Still talking on the phone, still kind of praying with this guy. And, but I'm thinking, who is this person? I know them. And then all of a sudden, it hit me. Uh, I'm a big car guy, and you learned that about me. And there's a car show on Discovery Channel, and it was this woman who's one of the, ain't whatever you call her, one of the people from the show. And listen, I've got to admit, for a moment, I was a little mad that I'm on the phone praying with this guy. I know that doesn't sound very spiritual because I wanted to talk to him. Or talk to her. I was going to walk up and talk to her. But it took me a while to figure out who she was. Here's what I thought about. She did not look like she did on TV. She was a lot shorter, a lot skinnier. I guess the TV does add 10 pounds. But she didn't look the same. And at that moment, I thought to myself, I really wish I could talk to her and just, you know. But I didn't. I stayed on the phone and did the Christian thing and prayed for the guy. When I did that, it made me think of a story. A guy one day got on the elevator. When he got on the elevator, he noticed standing beside him was a professional basketball player. This big, tall guy. And he's like, I, I, I've got to introduce myself. I, I, I can't, I mean, to actually meet a celebrity like this, a, a basketball player, i, I, I got to do something. And he finally got his nerve up became brave and he turned to the guy and he said Shaq I'm one of your biggest fans it's so nice to meet you and the guy goes well I'm Magic Johnson but it's nice to meet you too <laughs> I share that with you today because many times we have encounters with God and we don't even know we're encountering God things are happening in our lives things are transpiring and we don't recognize that it's God right in the middle of our life doing something that we didn't even know that he was doing and if we would just have recognized and had faith and trust we would know it was God I want you to hear me when I say this to you today God is always with you he's right there but sometimes we don't recognize him Sometimes we don't understand that it's God in, the, in our midst. I was led to a story that I want to share with you. It's out of Luke chapter 24. So now the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. 
I'm going to stop there. Do you ever get caught up in the routine of life? The storms, the problems. They've just seen Jesus crucified and he's died. They've been following him, been with him, and now their, their Messiah is gone. And on the way back to their home in Emmaus, what begins to happen is, is they begin to talk, reminisce, think about. And as they do, listen to this. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened as they talked and discussed these things with each other. Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. I want you to hear this part. But they were kept. They were kept from recognizing him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. God, I pray that every heart and every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And Lord, I pray today that not one, not one would leave this house the same way that they came, but be blessed by your word and your presence and your love. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. As we see in this passage, we see two disciples. We don't, uh, Cleopas is one of them. We don't know who the other one is. There's even some speculation that it might have been a woman. It could have been a husband and a wife. We don't know that. I think it was most likely two men. As they're on the way back from seeing what has just happened to Jesus, they're talking, they're discussing, probably some sadness, some sorrow, probably some uncertainty in their life. Where do we go from here? What do we do? Have you ever been there before? Going through the uncertainties of life, not knowing what is next, not knowing what to do, a little bit nervous and afraid. And In fact, I'll be honest with you, if we've made this transition, I flew into to Dallas this uh, Friday night and as I flew into Dallas I got in my car I had to drive here to Oklahoma City and just for a brief moment fear began to kick in have I done the right thing God everything was good and everything was great and have I done the right thing and all of a sudden this, these thoughts just begin to go and, and finally I just had to realize that God had told me where I'm supposed to be and as I began to realize that and go through that, I understood that at that moment God was bringing to me some clarification, erasing some of my doubt. In fact, I told you guys that when we had prayed about this, I had put a fleece on the Lord, and in fact, almost an impossible fleece. And I told the Lord, God, if you want me to, to go to Oklahoma City, to go to, to Passion Church, then Lord, this is what I want you to do. I know it's almost impossible. I know that it, it seems it can't be done. But God, if you'll do this this week, then Lord, I'll know. I'll know that this is your will and your plan for me. Not only did God do it that week, he did it the next day. That's just how God is, isn't it? So as I was driving, coming back, and I had a long drive, a three-hour drive. In fact, my, my drive from the airport was longer than my flight. And as I'm driving, I begin to think about that, and I realize, God, you've already confirmed. You've already made known your will and your purpose. Why am I questioning you? God was already in the middle of what I was doing. I share that with you today because as I get into this sermon, as we begin to talk about encountering God, what I want to share with you is this, that, guys, we encounter God every day, but there's many times we don't even know that he's there. It says they were unable to recognize 
Jesus. Now, whether it had been Jesus that had kept them from recognizing him, whether it had been them because they were so caught up in the turmoil of what was taking place, for whatever reason it was, this man that they had been with, Jesus they had been following, at that moment they could not recognize him. And they began to talk. It's kind of like maybe I'm somewhere in a restaurant one day and I begin to start talking bad about Pastor Steve. Why can't he be more like me? Why can't he do things right? I'm just sitting there, I'm talking about Pastor Steve and just beginning to have a conversation. And then all of a sudden I see Steve get up and he's in the table behind me, walks up and goes, Hey, John. Anybody ever had that happen before? Raise your hand, you. Don't be all spiritual. In fact, I had a while back, I was on the phone with a pastor, and he was talking about somebody, and all of a sudden he texted, and he was trying to text someone else, and he texts the pastor, and he goes, oh, no. I said, what? He goes, I just texted the pastor. So they're walking, and as they're walking, and as they're talking, Jesus walks up behind them and begins to listen to them. And, and then finally, finally, he says, what are you guys talking about? And as they share, he says, well, I don't know. What do you mean? He goes, in other words, they say, have you been under a rock? Are you the only man in Jerusalem that doesn't know what's going on? And Jesus just kind of plays it off. Well, y'all, won't y'all tell me about it? So I share that with you because many times in our life, we don't realize that we're already encountering God in our life, that he's already there. In fact, I want you to write this down. Number one, expect encounters. Expect encounters. We've got to start believing that God is in the midst of our everyday life, that he's right there with us, you will not always feel him. You will not always hear him. In fact, there will be those moments that it feels that God is a far off. But can I tell you that he is right there with you, that he sticks closer to a friend than a friend? Can I tell you that you have a God that loves you and in the middle of the good and the bad, the mountains and the valleys, that he's right there with you? He knows what you're going through. He understands what you're facing. But see, many times, just like these two disciples, they're walking along and they're so enthralled in their conversation about what has just happened. In fact, they're probably talking about who? Jesus. Can I tell you that sometimes we talk about Jesus, we talk about God's miracles, we come to church. The problem is we're talking about him, but we're not believing that he can do what he said he can do. They're just walking about having a conversation about Jesus. And all of a sudden, this man appears. Hey, guys, what you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you've been under a rock. See, we need to realize that within our life, we need to start expecting God to show up. In the middle of your problems, God is there. The Bible says that his promises are what? Yes and amen. The Bible says that, lo, I'm with thee always, even to the very ends of the age. That We need to realize that, that God never leaves us, that he never forsakes us, that he's right there with us. And we've got to start expecting encounters with God. God, I know you're there. God, I know you're listening. 
God, I know you know what I'm going through. Lord, I understand that I may not right now hear you. In fact, I think every one of us have been there when we pray and we feel like our prayers get no higher than the ceiling. Can I tell you that although sometimes you don't feel it, doesn't mean it ain't happening. God is still at work in your life. If you would listen, my expectations and my anticipation will begin to create what God's going to do in my life. God, I'm believing you can take care of this situation. God, I believe you can fix my job problem. God, I know that you're in the middle of my marriage. God, I understand that the Lord, although it seems bad, God, all things will be turned to my good and your glory. But God, I'm expecting it. I've got hope. I've got faith. See, the problem is many times the reason why we don't expect is that our faith doesn't believe that God can do what he said he can do. And I'm not just talking about blessings. I'm not just talking about miracles. I'm talking about God giving you peace and joy in the middle of chaos. I'm talking about God when it seems that your marriage is on the rocks and there is no hope, that you have hope and believe that he is still over your marriage. He can still work out your situation if you'll just believe in him. But for some of you, it's more than just that. It's expecting God to show up in your life in a powerful way to enable you to do things you could have never done in your own ability. Expecting God to show up in your life in ways. I love this passage where the Bible says that God uses the common things of man to confound the wise. Turn to your neighbor and say, You're common. Don't say that, that's bad. The reason I'm saying that is because if we would start expecting God to go above and beyond our own natural abilities, if we would start expecting God to show up and help us in our giftings and our talents that he's given us, there ain't nothing God can't do in our lives. I want you to write this down. Eyes opened encounters. Eyes opened encounters. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then, I want you to say this word with me, then. Now, then, right there, implies that something happened because of something else. He said, then, in other words, Jesus is at the table with the two disciples. At that moment, the Bible says that Jesus took bread, he broke, and he gave thanks. Now, I want you to stop for a second. Listen to what he says. Then... Their eyes were opened and they recognized him. I want you to hear a truth right there. If you will learn, learn to give God thanks, if you will learn to give God praise, if you will learn to sing a hallelujah to your Lord, instead of complaining and griping and finding fault, I'm here to tell you in the middle of your situation, it is your thanks that will begin to allow God to open your eyes to what God is doing. God, I don't understand it. I don't get it. But God, I know this. I thank you for it. I hate flying in fact, when I get on the plane, every time I put my hand on the plane and I begin to pray, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over this airplane. 
Then I'll get on the plane and I'll go sit in my seat. And when I sit in my seat, I'll sit down and I'll begin to pray, God, I just pray you bless this plane. Keep us safe. Lord, just get it there safely. Lord, I thank you for it right now. And in fact, this week on the plane, I, I, I fly all the time, but years ago I, I had a situation where the plane turned up on its side. It actually on its side, and it freaked me out. And I'm telling you, I love Jesus, and I got faith in God, but that day I cried a little bit. <laughs> and ever since then, I've been a little bit nervous to fly. It's not in the air. I'm okay in the air. It's the, it's the taking off and it's the landing. It freaks me out a little bit. So I'm sitting there in the plane, and all of a sudden I begin to pray, God, I just pray right now. Keep me safe right now. I believe the blood of Jesus Christ for this plane. I just thank you, Lord, right now. And I open my eyes, and the stewardess is looking at me. <laughs> and she goes, <laughs> but what I started doing was, now I don't just pray, I thank God. See, I go ahead and thank God for what I know God can do. See, when Jesus gave thanks, it becomes for us a principle. And the principle is this. No matter what you're going through and what you're facing, the way you get through it is when you begin to give God thanks even when you don't see the answer. Even still in the middle of the storm. Even when everything is against you, you say, God, I thank you for the storm. I thank you for the problem. Because, God, I know that on the other side, your name will be glorified. And, God, when I get to the other side, I will give praise and honor and glory that you brought me through this. We see what happened to the children of Israel. They complained and complained, although they had a cloud by day and fire by night and manna every morning, but yet they still complained. And the generation that entered the wilderness did not make it out of the wilderness. Why? They didn't give God thanks. See, expectation begins when we begin to thank God for what we do not see yet. When we begin to thank God for what we do not have yet. When we begin to thank God, and it may seem, because the Bible says Gee, God speaks to those things that are not as if they were. See, some of you need to start doing that, amen. God, I've got a great marriage. Now, your wife may get on your nerves right now, and your marriage isn't going well, but you need to start speaking blessings over that marriage. You may not like your job. Everything may be going against you right now, but say, God, I thank you for my job. I thank you, Lord, for, for, for the money that I'm making. Right now, I'm telling you, if you begin to thank God for the things you've got, God will begin to multiply in your life. See, it is thanksgiving that opens our eyes to see what we do not see yet, to see into the spiritual realm, not to see the physical, but to see the spiritual. Can you imagine all of a sudden they're sitting there They've been with Jesus all this time before. They haven't recognized Jesus at all now. And they're sitting there at the table. And then all of a sudden, as soon as they give thanks, what happens? Boom, their eyes are open. And they see Jesus. How embarrassed they probably were at first. How bad they felt. Then they're probably going through their mind. Ooh, what did I say about Jesus? You know, we've all done it. Been somewhere and somebody walks up on you with you and your friend gossiping and talking like you shouldn't have been talking. And they walk up and you think, oh my Lord, how long have they been standing there? Did they hear me say what I said? And that probably ran through their mind. 
See, we need to realize that when we expect encounters in our life, we expect God to do something miraculous and amazing. That we expect God to do something to give us the ability to do things we never could have done in the natural. But we've got to give thanks. Now, I love the next part. After he appears to them, all of a sudden, he disappears. He just, he vanishes. That would have freaked me out. Might have been like, whoa. All of a sudden, Jesus disappears. Now, there's a principle and a concept that I want you to hear and why Jesus did that. In other words, when he's with them, he doesn't let him know or does not let them know it is him until finally he gives thanks and breaks bread. And then all of a sudden, right after he gives thanks and breaks bread and they see him, then he disappears. Why? Can I tell you something? We have to learn as believers that we got to trust God when we don't even see God. We as Pentecostals can be the world's worst. We love to have all oh, amazing times at the altar. Amen. Spirit moved times at the altar. And that's great and that's wonderful. But many times we live from moment to moment. We live from those moves of God to the next moves of God. I, I call it many times revival chasers. That we all know those individuals that they got, they got to be the next revival to be filling God. See, Jesus at that moment when he just disappears, it becomes a principle. He says, I want you to realize you don't have to see me to know that I am there. You don't have to see me to know that I'm right here in the middle of your situation. You've just got to trust me and believe me that I'm I'm on top of the situation. I'm in the middle of the storm. I know your health situation. You've just got to know. See, that's what God is looking. God wants us to realize even when we don't see, even when we don't feel, God wants us to know that he is still there. I love what the guys say next. They say this, did you not feel a burning inside of you when he began to talk to us? I love that part there. Can I tell you, we have to learn to become in tune with our spirit inside of us. We've got to learn to be in tune with the discernment that God has given us. That God can't always be there to say yes or no or tell us not to do this. Listen, if I walk up to Andrew right now and said, Andrew, listen, if you'll give me $100, I'll give you $1,000. What do you think Andrew's going to do? He's already getting his wallet out right there. You ain't got no hundred dollars. Shut up. That's easy. But if I say to Andrew, hey, hey, give me a hundred dollars now and trust me, somewhere down the road I'm gonna give you a thousand dollars. You see, he's not reaching for his wallet now. He's like, well, <laughs> I don't know why I just did that. <laughs> See, that's what Jesus does many times in our life. That Jesus is saying to you, you've got to trust me. You've got to believe in me. You've got to have faith in me that you don't see it. Believe, I'm going to give it. That we've got to learn that discernment that is going on inside of our life. What is God saying to you? Stop for a moment. So often in my life, God has begun to stir something in me and I, I wanted to ignore, is it just me? Years ago, me and Laura were at the mall here in Oklahoma City. As we're at the mall, all of a sudden, I was about to eat, and there's a lady in the mall, and 
I feel like I'm supposed to give her a word. And if I can be honest with you, it was Monday. It was my day off. <laughs> Don't you judge me. I'm like, I'm sorry, God, this is my day off. Huh? Is there another preacher in the house? And then for God just to make it worse for me, he then has to tell my wife that he's God given a word for me. And Laura looks at me and goes, God's given you a word for somebody. And I'm like, mm-mm. No, I don't know what you're talking about. And I wrestled with it. She finally, she said, you know it's going to drive you crazy until you do it. So I got up and I didn't know. I started walking. It's on the other side of the food court. And I start walking over there. And I get over there and I get to the woman. It's funny, Laura's watching me. I get to the woman and I go. Finally, I can't help myself, and I go over, I said, ma'am, you don't know me from Jack. I said, but I just felt like the Lord brought me over here to tell you that you're going through a bad place in your life, a storm. And God told me to tell you, you're going to be all right. You're this close. You're almost through it. You're about to get to the other side of you. Just trust him and believe in him. And she starts bawling. And she said, sir, how in the world did you know what I'm going through? She said, I didn't know, but my God knows. And he loves you, and he's right here for you if you just expect him to do it. See, that's the God we serve. Here's my last thing. Echo encounters. Echo your encounters. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together saying, It is true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them. When he broke the bread. I I love this passage right here. See, many times we just want to encounter God. Embrace it and hold it on to ourselves. But in this passage, as soon as they had encountered Jesus, they get up, they go find the other eleven, and they begin to tell the story. See, when you have an encounter with God, It's not just for you. It's not something you just keep to yourself. When you have an encounter with God, that burning that is inside of you, when God has done something so miraculous and so wonderful and so amazing, what we're to do is take that encounter and we're to go find somebody and begin to share. Let me tell you what Jesus did. Let me testify of, of the power of God. Let me begin to tell the story of what God has done in my life. See, there's somebody that needs what you've got. I told a guy one time, he does, God doesn't heal us. For us, God heals us that we'll share the story. I'm not just talking about a physical healing. I'm talking about an emotional, spiritual, mental. See, when God does something in our life, we have encountered Jesus. He does that so that we'll go and share that story. That testimony, by our testimonies, by the blood. Can I tell you, 
if you would tell others, because there's somebody, somebody that is struggling with what you've been through. There's somebody that needs to hear your encounter, that needs to hear your story. Years ago, I was sharing my testimony, and a guy came up to me after and said, I wish you'd stop sharing your testimony. The past is the past, and nobody needs to hear about your story. And I said, oh, I so beg to differ. Because if someone hears my story and how my God came through, and then I'm here to tell you that maybe somebody won't give up quit, walk away from the faith. Every encounter, listen, I can tell you, I can sit here all day and tell you story after story of encounters that I've had with God. When there is no other explanation that it was God Almighty speaking in my life. That even a year and a half ago, we didn't know why, we couldn't explain it. But a year and a half ago, me and my wife began to hear God saying, you're moving to Oklahoma City. And we didn't understand why. We didn't understand. I want you to know that if you will open yourself up, expect encounters with God. He will not disappoint. He will not let you down. See, my prayer is that with those encounters, He will open your eyes to believe for the impossible. But see, I promise that when He does, if you will echo the story, the addiction that God brought you through, the marriage that was restored, the joy of your salvation that came back, the peace that you now feel in the middle of chaos. If you will begin to share the story, echo the encounter. It's going to change someone's life. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.